Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 30. 2 Chronicles chapter 30. I just feel to mention tonight, you know, this ministry's been going a lot, going for a long, long time, a lot of years. And I just so appreciate the musicians that have been serving this ministry for a long, long time. The second song we played tonight, we haven't played since 2009, so it shows you how long they've been serving the house, and even longer than that, every single Monday, coming out dedicated to serve. And that's the kind of people that build the kingdom. It's the kind of heart. And just as important are those that might be here tonight that have been coming to Young Adults for that many years. I know we finally graduate from Young Adults, but let's all stay young. And act like we're young in the kingdom. Second Chronicles chapter 30, beginning at verse 6. So the posts went with the letters from the king and his princes throughout all Israel and Judah. And according to the commandment of the king, saying, Ye children of Israel, turn again unto the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, and he will return to the remnant of you that are escaped out of the land of the kings of Assyria. And be not ye like your fathers, and like your brethren which trespassed against the Lord God of their fathers, who therefore gave them up to desolation as ye see. Now be ye not stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves unto the Lord, and enter into his sanctuary, which he hath sanctified forever, and serve the Lord your God, that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. For if ye turn again unto the Lord, your brethren and your children shall find compassion before them that lead them captive, so that they shall come again into this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful, and will not turn away his face from you, if you return unto him. So the post passed from city to city, through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh, even unto Zebulun. But they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. Nevertheless, divers of Asher and Manasseh and of Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. Also in Judah, the hand of God was to give them one heart, to do the commandment of the king and of the princes by the word of the Lord. And there assembled at Jerusalem much people to keep the feast of unleavened bread in the second month a very great congregation and they arose and took away the altars that were in Jerusalem and all the altars for incense they took away and cast them into the brook Kidron then they killed the Passover on the 14th day of the second month and the priests and the Levites were ashamed and sanctified themselves and brought in the burnt offerings into the house of the Lord we live in a world of posts, <laughs> messages, information, notifications, visual images that at the press of a button, the touch of a screen can be read by one in another city instantly. I was recently with an individual that commented to me regarding Instagram. That whenever he posted spiritual things, 
Whenever he posted a spiritual post that would call people to greater dedication, consecration, love for the house of the Lord, respect for the house of the Lord, attendance at the house of the Lord, hardly any likes would follow. However, when the post was generic or unspiritual, the response was great. Verse 6, so the posts went with letters from the king and princes throughout all Israel and Judah, and according to the commandment of the king, saying, Ye children of Israel, turn again unto the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, and he will return to the remnant of you. Now I understand in this portion of Scripture that the word posts here is speaking of runners, footmen, runners, those that would carry letters that would carry the heart of the king, that would carry the letters, the text of the king, the words of the king. But I wonder if the digital age was functioning during the time of Second Chronicles chapter 30, I wonder if phones would have been vibrating and dinging with notification of a new post from the king. We live in a world today that has gotten rid of footmen and runners. The enemy is in favor of this. It's different when you are handed a letter from a post, from a person. It's more personal. There's greater weight to it. The letter sent by the king. Regardless of how the message gets to us today, the truth is this. The Lord is watching our response. No matter if it's a post on social media and we read it and the truth is right there. Or whether someone comes to us with a message from the King of Kings. Whether someone comes to exhort us just like these posts were to exhort. The Lord is watching our response. The Lord is grading our response. It's not enough to just like the post. The Lord is watching to see if it causes us to move. It's easy to like things from a distance. It's easy to click like. It's easy to say we like. It's easy to say... We're in favor of that. It's a whole nother thing to have it cause us to move. What message is being sent out from the king? What words, what text do the posts carry? Number one tonight, as we've already read, turn again unto the Lord God. So the post went with the letters from the king and his princes throughout all Israel and Judah, and according to the commandment of the king, saying, Ye children of Israel, turn again unto the Lord. What are the runners in this generation to carry? What message? We know the message of the gospel of Jesus. But to those that know the Lord and have turned and to the lost 
Number two, be ye not stiff-necked. Now be ye not stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves unto the Lord. That's where we find life. When we yield ourselves, when we turn to the Lord, when we turn from our wrong ways. When we turn to Jesus. When we yield our lives to Him. Number three, enter into His sanctuary. Enter into His sanctuary which He hath sanctified forever. We need to hear that today. Now we're here tonight. There are many who have forsaken the house of the Lord. You can talk to them. You can encourage them. Some downplay it. Some just smile at you when you call them to come, and that's it. It doesn't cause them to move. You post something about the house of the Lord and the power of the service, how God moved among his people, and they click like, but it never moves them to show up. And God is watching and he's grading our response. Enter into his sanctuary. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as so many are doing. For the day of Christ's return is approaching. someone ever says to you, defend the fact that you go to church so much. Why do you go to church so much? Just turn and say, why do you go to church so little? Like defend your position according to the word of God. Because the Lord is looking down out of heaven whether we want to believe it or not. He's looking down and he's grading our response. to the message that he's sending out, to what the Spirit is saying to the church in this day and age. It's not just enough to like it, it has to cause us to move. Number four, serve the Lord your God. And the text reads, serve the Lord your God that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. For if ye turn again unto the Lord, your brethren and your children shall find compassion before them that lead them captive so that they shall come again into this land. For the Lord your God, can we hear this tonight, is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if ye return to him. If you return. If what's written, if what's delivered is not simply liked, but it's embraced, and it causes us to move. Don't scroll to a different post too fast. Don't just like it and scroll on. Don't unfollow. Be careful the comment.
The king has his footmen and footwomen today. The king has his runners today. And the message we really need to hear, the message we really need delivered to us in this generation, the message we really need to take notice of, not only take notice of, but respond to, is turn again unto the Lord. Be ye not stiff-necked. Enter into his sanctuary. Yield your life unto God. Serve the Lord your God. We're not a more sophisticated society in that sense, although in some ways we are, but we're not too sophisticated for the ways of God, are we? Have we come to the place where we don't need to turn to the Lord? Have we come to the place where it's okay to be stiff-necked? Have we come to the place where it's all right not to enter into the sanctuary of the Lord? It's not really needed. It's not really what He desires. It's not His heart. We come to the place where it's okay to not serve Him or to serve Him half-heartedly, to give Him what's left over instead of seeking Him first like the Word calls us to. Verse 10, so the post passed from city to city through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh, even unto Zebulun. Listen to these words, but they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. I know I've been in conversations trying to exhort somebody, felt the message of the Lord for them, or felt to encourage them, or warn them, or caution them. And I know they might not be laughing on the outside, but in the inside they are. And God sees. He knows the response. Doesn't it sound a lot like our day? Listen to the message. So the courier set out, going from city to city, through the country of Canada, let's say, through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh, as far north as Zebulun. But the people poked fun at them and treated them like a joke. Hey, come back and serve the Lord. Yeah, all right. Enter into his sanctuary. This is vital to your life, vital to Christianity. This is what it means to serve. Yeah, right. They mock, poke fun. You walk out of the theater because there's something that should not be seen. They mock, they make fun of your holiness, your dedication to the Lord. Music choices, we could talk about so many things tonight. Exiting a conversation, or you're in a conversation, you say, we got to hold it here, this is not what the Lord would have said. And you say it out of love, and you say it out of grace. Inside they mock, and when you walk, they poke fun. The voice reads, when the messengers took this message throughout the northern kingdom, most of the northerners ridiculed and ignored the message. The northerners? Can we hear the spiritual application concerning our nation? There's hope for this nation. I believe for this nation. But we take stock of our northern reality tonight. That this is what's happening. 
ignoring the message, ridiculing the message. The Living Bible, so the messengers went from city to city throughout Ephraim and Manasseh and as far as Zebulun, but for the most part, they were received with laughter and scorn. I'd just like to say tonight that our job is to run with the message of the King. Our job is to welcome, to welcome the words of the Lord, the message that He would have us run with, and to head out, to not be ashamed of the gospel, to not hold back because we don't get as many likes. You understand what I'm saying tonight? Because even there the Lord is judging us and looking at us. No matter what people do with the message, no matter how they respond, we have a job to do. To all of us here tonight, I'd like to say welcome to the King's Post Service. Some will laugh. Some will mock. Some will ridicule and ignore the message. Some will poke fun at us and treat us like a joke. And the king is taking note of their response. He is trying hard. Our job is to deliver the message. Our job is to be the post we were created to be. There are, however, those that will humble themselves. As the word says, we're going to read verses 10 to 15 in the King James Version. So the post passed from city to city throughout the country of Ephraim and Manasseh, even unto Zebulun. But they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. Nevertheless, divers of Asher, Manasseh, and of Zebulun, listen to these words, humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. Also in Judah, the hand of God was to give them one heart, to do the commandment of the king and of the princes by the word of the Lord. And there assembled at Jerusalem much people to keep the feast of unleavened bread in the second month, a very great congregation. And they arose and took away the altars that were in Jerusalem. And all the altars for incense they took away and cast them into the brook Kidron. Then they killed the Passover on the 14th day of the second month. And the priests and the Levites were ashamed and sanctified themselves and brought in the burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. I want to encourage us all here tonight to keep running because people are turning, people are responding, people are coming, people are humbling themselves. Our job is to continue to run with the message no matter if we're mocked, no matter if people poke fun at us, no matter what they say. Keep up the resolve. Don't let it break you down. Don't let it stop you from posting what's right. Don't let it stop your movement. Don't let it stop your tenacity, your commitment to the house of the Lord, your zeal and your passion for all things godly. Even if those close to you ridicule you and poke fun at you, stand for the King of kings and the Lord of lords and run with what he's given you to run with.
The message reads, so the couriers set out, going from city to city, through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh as far north as Zebulun. But the people poked fun at them and treated them as a joke. But not all. But not all. Some from Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulun weren't too proud to accept the invitation to come to Jerusalem. It was better in Judah. God worked powerfully among them to make it unanimous. Responding to the orders sent out by the king and his officials, orders backed up by the word of God, it turned out that there was a tremendous crowd of people when the time came in the second month to celebrate the Passover, sometimes called the Feast of Unraised Bread. First, they went to work and got rid of all the pagan altars that were in Jerusalem, hauled them off and dumped them in the Kidron Valley. Then on the 14th day of the second month, they slaughtered the Passover lambs. The priests and Levites weren't ready. But now, embarrassed in their laziness, they consecrated themselves and brought whole burnt offerings to the temple of God. Ready now, they stood at their posts as designated by the revelation of Moses, the holy man. The priests sprinkled the blood the Levites handed to them because so many in the congregation had not properly prepared themselves by consecration and so were not qualified. The Levites took charge of the slaughter of the Passover lambs so that they would be properly consecrated to God. This text lives today. Second Chronicles 30 lives today. Listen, it might look different in our modern day world, but the same is taking place. What is the Lord doing with those that heed the message? Those that listen to the message, that not only like the message, but are moved by the message? Those that respond to the message. What is the Lord doing? What is his heart? Verse 12, the hand of God was to give them one heart, to do the commandment of the king and of the princes by the word of the Lord. Verse 13, and there assembled at Jerusalem much people to keep the feast of unleavened bread in the second month, a very great congregation. Verse 14, and they arose and took away the altars that were in Jerusalem. And all the altars, for instance, they took away and cast them into the brook Kidron. God is preparing a holy people. This is what he's doing with those that heed the message, that truly heed the message and just not like the message but are moved by the message. God is preparing a people. Verse 15, then they killed the Passover on the 14th day of the second month, and the priests and the Levites were ashamed and sanctified themselves and brought in the burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. What is the Lord doing? We've read it already. The Lord is giving them one heart to do the commandment by the word of the Lord. Can you not feel that the Lord wants to give us one heart? Where there is unity, there is his commanded blessing and his life forevermore. Unity is so important, and God wants to give us one heart. The Lord is assembling a very great congregation. It's his heart that churches be filled. 
It's his heart that there be a very great congregation. It's his heart that his church be powerful in this generation, in this nation. Not weak. The Lord is gathering a people, a people that take away evil altars and cast them away. Any evil altars in Jerusalem. The Lord is gathering a people, a people purposed to sanctify themselves, a people that will bring burnt offerings into the house of the Lord, that will bring offerings into the house of the Lord, bring, bring themselves into the house of the Lord and offer their lives. The message reads, God worked powerfully among them to make it unanimous. I love that. Responding to the orders sent out by the king and the officials, orders backed up by the word of God. It continues, it turned out that there was a tremendous crowd of people when the time came. A tremendous crowd of people, isn't that beautiful? A very great congregation, a vast army. We're running with the prophetic word, the prophetic post of the Lord. This is his living word, return unto him. Yield your life unto him. Be not stiff-necked. Enter into his sanctuary. Serve the Lord your God. Can this nation live? Can these bones live? Only you know, Lord. Yet we prophesy to the bones. We speak the word of the Lord. We call on the wind. And there we see the Lord raise a vast army. Gathering a vast army army. They went to work and got rid of all the pagan altars that were in Jerusalem, hauled them off and dumped them. Embarrassed at their laziness, they consecrated themselves and brought whole burnt offerings to the temple of the Lord. You know, it's amazing. We live in a day and age where many are not embarrassed by their laziness. Rather, they, they're proud of it. Or at least they put forth that they're proud of it to hide what they really feel. The message ready now, they stood at their posts. And it closes off because so many in the congregation had not properly prepared themselves by consecration and so were not qualified. The Levites took charge of the slaughter of the Passover lambs so that they would be properly consecrated to God. When the message reaches our inbox, when we are notified of the post, when our eyes read the letter, read the text sent by the king, what will our response be? Unfollow, scroll on, disregard, like but not move, or will we embrace the words? His words are life to us. These words are life to us, Lord. Sure, they show us our condition, but God, these words are life to us because they will carry us beyond our condition and condition us for you. The Lord is bringing a people together 
a people of one heart. He said that he would give us a new heart, and he said that he would put a new spirit in us, a heart that beats to the rhythm of heaven, a spirit that is set on fire from heaven. God will have his people, his very great congregation. We can have the worship team return tonight. You know that when we head out, just felt to share this tonight, we know that our living, our living is a message from heaven if we're living right. And I read this quote today by Billy Graham. He said, we are the Bibles the world is reading. We are the creeds the world is needing. We are the sermons the world is heeding. We're a living post. It says in the Word that we're in a living epistle. And so is the message pure. Or have we tweaked the message because we might not get as many likes? We might lose a few followers. Might not have as many friends. What's more important to you? The Lord is trying hearts. All across the planet, he's trying hearts. The message is going out. There are those that will mock. There are those that will ridicule and poke fun. But there are those that will humble themselves. There are those that will turn from their pride and be gathered and be added to the very great congregation. Here we are tonight, and the king is here, and he's calling us to carry letters. No matter the response, carry the letter. No matter the cost, carry the letter. And know this, that there are those who will respond. There are those who are responding. A people of one heart that will do the commandment of the Lord. A people assembled, a people that go to work getting rid of pagan altars. Do we need to do that tonight? In our own life, a people consecrated, a people ready, a people that bring offerings into the house of the Lord. Listen, don't let this world do away with the posts. The footmen and the footwomen, the runners in the kingdom. Let's run with the message. Let's keep it pure. Let's not tweak it. Only the truth can set people free. Let's stand tonight. Lord, I pray for all of us in this place. Lord, that as we exit this place tonight, and we go about our, our week, Lord, we go about our evening even, Lord, and all the days that rest ahead, according to your grace, I pray that we would be those that run with the message no matter the cost. That we would be those that hold to the message. We don't open the letter. We don't take what you've said, Lord, and try and tweak it and change it so it's more palatable to those that are to receive it. But, Lord, we just take your word 
Because your word is the power and your word does not return void. But when we start to tweak the word and make it our own, then that promise is not there. And so, Lord, let us take your perfect word. Let us deliver your perfect word. And let us pray all the way and be a prophetic people, knowing and declaring that there will be those, because your word says it's true, that will humble themselves, that will break their pride, and that will be gathered into the congregation of the Lord. They too, a people consecrated unto God, purposed to sanctify themselves and sold out to the kingdom cause. Lord, that they would join the bride as the bride prepares herself for the day of your great return. We thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, use us, Lord, for your glory. Have it all and write your story, Lord. Hear our cry. Let your kingdom come. Well, let's just sing it out tonight in closing. Use us, Lord. Use us, Lord.